Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Matchbook series on the EPPL podcast. My name is Paul. I'm the adult services librarian here at East Brunswick Public Library. And if this is your first time listening to Matchbook, usually we'll go over different genres, subjects, topics in literature. So usually we'll cover two topics that are requested by the listeners from each episode. But I'm only going to do one because somebody requested books that have autumnal or meet the a fall vibes kind of thing. And with something like that, I feel like it's a pretty big topic. So I want to hit that with just a few different ones, ranging from the scary ones to ones that just seem like they fit the mood of the season because it could go in different directions. So the first one would be The X-Hex by Aaron Sterling. And this would be more of the romance kind of fantasy, lightly paranormal kind of book. It follows a witch who casts a spell on an ex who is also a witch. For some reason, that spell creates all this calamity in their town and rises the spirits, whether that be ghosts, murderous wind-up toys, you know, that sort of thing, how that happens in these kind of books. And when the two try to figure out why this is happening to their town, they kind of have a little bit of a reunion of sorts. And they try to mend the differences. This is a very light novel. It's easy to sink your teeth into and read in like two or three days. It's also not scary at all. Some of the other ones I will be talking about later on will be. But this is definitely more of just capturing the mood of the season. If anybody is a fan of the Halloween Town movies or like Sabrina the Teenage Witch or anything like that, I would say it's pretty similar to those. This book is a lot of fun because of two, while obviously still in love, try to pretend like they're not going to get together. And it puts them in some really hysterical situations and they like ignore their obvious chemistry, which is funny because they're witches. You would think they'd be able to figure that out, but no. So it tends to be more fluff, but honestly, I don't see why that's a bad thing. It's funny as romance, magic, witches. I don't know what more you want. Like, it's great. It's nice to see a book about the fall season that is still funny because I feel like a lot of the time that sense of humor tends to fall by the wayside. When we're talking about these kind of like thrillers, mysteries, paranormal kind of stuff. So to see a writer who kind of understands that and injects that into the story while also keeping it breezy and magical at the same time, it's clever. And I think it's something that's really needed out of some light literature these days. So our second book is called The Sundown Motel. It is by Simone St. James. And obviously, starting off with something so breezy, you have to pivot to something that could be classified as horror. I'd say this is like kind of horror, mystery, thriller, meets in the middle of all three of those. And this concerns a young woman whose mother had recently passed away from cancer. And now it's putting her more in touch with her family history and trying to figure out about other past family members. And she learns that her aunt had disappeared at the Sundown Motel 35 years prior. And she kind of goes undercover to work at the Sundown Motel without letting on to anybody that she has any prior connection to it. And she does this to get at the heart of the mystery of why her aunt disappeared, what that has to do with her family history. So there's a, like a dual timeline to this where we follow the young woman in modern day, as well as her aunt in 1982. And it kind of jumps back and forth. 
we get a sense of the creepy characters who pass through there. Some are locals trying to hide secrets. Some are just passers-by. And the book goes immediately, like 0 to 100, into very creepy and strange territories where some thrillers tend to build over time. This drops you right into the atmosphere of a thriller. You could tell from the jump that something's not right here. While we jump back and forth between the two timelines, you see a lot of commonalities between the two in terms of the overlap of people, the strange elements of the setting, things like that. And all these elements build to create a really horrifying, satisfying ending. I don't want to say too much as to give away too much of the plot because I feel like that might spoil it. But the setup, it really delivers. And what I love so much about a book like this, as I mentioned in a previous episode uh, about the book Home Before Dark, is that they use the paranormal in a way that is like really contemporary and almost like commentary on how paranormal has functioned in horror movies and horror books to this time period where it makes you question, are these things actually happening? Is there some paranormal activity going on? And sometimes there is, sometimes there isn't. Sometimes it's a different type of paranormal activity than what you thought it was going to be. So it plays on your conceptions of past horror movies, past horror books to create something new and to kind of upend your supposition and really deliver on the premise something that is like novel. That wasn't supposed to be a pun, but it was. Sorry. But yes, definitely check it out if this sounds like your sort of thing. The next book I wanted to discuss is called Daphne by Josh Mallerman. Now, this is also, I guess, somewhat similar in its autumnal vibes. As the Sundown Motel definitely has these paranormal elements and tends to be more of a straight horror book than something like the X-Hex. You might know Josh Mallerman as the author of Bird Box, or if you saw the movie on Netflix, something like that. That was a great read as well. So that's why I picked this one out too. It's set at a high school. It's the last summer. It follows a girl's basketball team, and it's their last summer before college. It's supposed to be a happy, carefree time, spend it with friends before venturing off into the future. And then somebody brings up the legend of Daphne, who was a seven-foot-tall basketball player who attended the same school as the girls years ago. It's kind of a ghost story, urban legend. Nobody knows if she actually existed, but there's so many details about her life that she feels like a real person, especially to these characters. And we learn that Daphne died under mysterious circumstances. Some say she was evil. Some say she is also a killer. Some are just afraid to say her name. And some say she's still out there looking for revenge. Like most urban legends, it kind of takes its hooks into a community. It begins to be like a game of telephone where everybody has their own interpretation of who this character is and their own myths and their own legends. And I, I think that's a really interesting choice on the point of the author is to show how these things manifest in community and how people tend to develop their own sub-beliefs about each individual little part of the legend itself. So main characters looking for the history of Daphne. Her name is Kit, and Kit is a member of the basketball team. And after hearing this story, her teammates one by one start to vanish 
And Kit thinks, oh, well, I have to get at the heart of the legend of Daphne to figure out if she's real, is she behind this in any way? And Kit is really facing herself in this way where she's learning to face her own fears, her own anxieties, things like that. And it is a really great coming of age story in this way where you could see her develop a sense of bravery and confidence and ingenuity on the fly. And it's really amazing to see that from a horror story. So in this way, it takes the classic kind of urban legend myth, high school setting. And I I think Josh Mallerman does have an interesting take on something that some well-trodden territory. And it makes for an excellent read. It's also a very short book. So if you're looking for something to really just fit in and just read really quickly, definitely go for this one. The last book I wanted to discuss is Small Favors by Erin A. Craig. You might know her as the author of House of Salt and Sorrows, but Small Favors is an excellent book as well. It falls somewhere between all three of the books we previously discussed where it has a little bit of romance, but I'd say it, even though it does have that element, it does tend toward the scarier side of that definitely. And the gothic setting is very prominently featured, which I personally love. So maybe that's why I've chosen this one. And I also love that the cover is flowers and bees and honey and all that sweet, nice imagery. And it belies how dark the book can be, which I think is a very funny setup. So in the book, we're introduced to the isolated farm town of Amity Falls. And in this town, some of the elders, they travel toward a nearby larger town for supplies. And I guess this is a regular occurrence in the town. Nothing seedy about it or anything like that. And they never return. So another group, on their quest to find them, they encounter such difficulties as hunger, cold, exhaustion. And then with all of this, madness slowly Try like kind of takes over the camp. People who seemed close at first now seem to be enemies. Delusions are taking over. Siblings are fighting. All of that sort of thing. And it puts you in touch with a really close-knit town and shows you when the fractures really start, how fast they could spread. And it does this all while encountering these mystical, strange creatures that are lurking behind the corners of every turn. So the setting really is perfect because it's claustrophobic, it's atmospheric, it's spooky, but it's also realistic as well, which I think makes it even scarier. And if you're a fan of something like Wayward Pines or Twin Peaks, I think you would really be at home in this book. Definitely check it out. So thanks again for listening. Those are my recommendations for today. You can listen to Matchbook series on the EBPL podcast at ebpl.org slash podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Melissa Hosek for editing this episode. <laughs>